Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, I'm Megan Segura. And I'm Eric J. Mack. And this is The Daily Dish, Bravo's official podcast. (laughs) Guys, I hope you tuned in to the episode earlier this week. We had some special alums come through Chris and Albie Manzo so that was a lot of fun yes I mean catching up with the Manzo boys so take a listen to that if you haven't already so this week we want to talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta Eva's wedding huge the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Real Housewives of New York City the Real Housewives of Potomac Super Tees came out and we're going to take a look at that as well and of course we're going to end with Rose and Thorne as always plus we have interviews with Dorinda Medley from Real Housewives of New York City and Lindsay Hubbard and Danielle Oliveira from Summer House then we have a special interview with Amy Phillips in character as Brie Dupree if Brie you guys Dupree. have watched uh, Bravo's digital series Ex Housewife that's where she plays a disgruntled housewife who was ousted by Andy Cohen. I really had to channel my like high school theater acting skills to like play along with her in the interview. So nice. let me know how I did, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Okay, so Real Housewives of Atlanta, we finally get Eva's wedding. This has been such a long time coming, and I honestly feel as though... I see Eva in a different light now after this episode. How so? Well, because, you know, I've like, I've never clicked with her as much as I think I did finally in this episode because we kind of got peeled back those layers a little bit more and we learned about her father and just knowing everything she went through with her grandfather in Tokyo and how kind of stressful this wedding was, seeing how beautiful it came out and how emotional she was, how emotional Mike was, totally changed things for me. I totally, I had a lot of big emotional connection, I feel like, to Nini this episode because I always get super teary at weddings and Aaron and I aren't even in a bad place. It's just that whenever I watch someone else get married, 
I remember what it's like and how it really is the peak of optimism to be like, yeah, I'm going to love you forever. And so to have Nini sitting there as her marriage is possibly coming to an end for a second time, I really felt for her. It was really emotional in general. Yeah. And then looking at how Nini reacted, it was definitely one of those things where she and Greg are kind of in the exact opposite point of where Mike and Evo are. And then when they do the flashbacks of her wedding with Greg, it was just, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I really was choked up and, and feeling very sad for her. You know, it's like, that's the happiest day of Eva's life. And then you have Nini sitting there and it's like probably one of the toughest experiences to go through watching two other people get to celebrate. And then she was supposed to give a speech after that. Right. And she nailed it. I mean, you could tell, like, I was like, she's going to get up there and she's going to put all that shit aside and she's going to deliver like, a nice speech, and she did, she pulled it off. May you live each day like it's your first, and each night like it's your last. Never go to bed angry, stay up and fight all night. The secret to a happy marriage remains a secret, but to me, I believe that respect and communication is the key to a happy marriage. Eva and Michael, I wish you all the best Congratulations. We love you. If you guys would please raise your glasses and let's toast to love wins. Yay. But then the other part that upset me that I didn't connect to was when Nini finally talked to Candy and Portia about the whole closet situation. Nini just can't apologize ever. And I feel like there are certain real housewives that we have that just have a history of not being able to own up to things. Lisa Vanderpump, some could say, like she really never apologizes. Right. Um, Vicki Gunvalson has had a hard time in the past. Mm -hmm. Who else? I mean, it's just, I apologize for everything. And by the way, 90% of the time, I don't mean it. I'm just trying to like, move on right. and well, I think that's okay it's, it's true because we see it a little bit on Real Housewives of New York City right now with everything that Dorinda and Luann are going through like they're just being stubborn like Dorinda doesn't want to apologize you know there's like I, I think sometimes and I feel like even Portia might have said it earlier this season like sometimes you just have to apologize to move forward and whether it's you think it's your fault or not or whatever it's sort of just like the thing that has to be done to move forward and I think you know I understand where Nini was coming from with the whole situation. You know, it was an invasion of privacy. She was like, she said no, nobody listened to her. She was already emotional that night, so I get it. But it's true, she seemed like, even when they approached her, you know, they weren't, she wasn't receptive to what they were saying to her. And she just still wasn't like, you know, I'm sorry for overreacting, but now you guys know. You know, she kind of would not really address the situation, I think, the way they were hoping she would. Do I really want to sit here and talk about the bi-wig party? What do you mean you need to talk to me about my behavior? No, 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 no. Bitch, you got it wrong. I need to talk to you about your behavior. What did you think about Shamari kind of indulging in the drinks? I mean, she looked fantastic. I will say I thought everyone at this wedding, of course, especially Eva, because she looked gorgeous and she had like three different dresses, but I think everyone looked amazing. Shamari's old Hollywood glam mm -hmm. loved it. But I was like, girl, I was like, it's the cocktail hour. Like, you haven't even sat down for the reception <laughs> and you're already 
slurring. And then they asked her, like, have you eaten anything today? And she was like, no. And then she's like, I think I had some bread. Like, you need to prepare for something like that. Like, you know, Eva and Mike were throwing like a $85,000 more. What is it? $1,000 per person kind of ceremony and, and reception. Like, you got to prepare that. You got to line your stomach. You got to get ready. And she just, I, I don't know. She goes a little too crazy. Yeah. I mean, I will even say, because I did a St. Patrick's Day pub crawl this weekend mm -hmm. and drank from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. But the key was lots of meals throughout the day. Right. And hydration. Of hydration course. is so key. And I think, you know, Shamari keeps choosing the most random and almost inappropriate events to get like wasted at. Like it's like the bi-wig party, like a house party at Nini's where it's like classy, you know, classy. Everyone's trying to just like hang out, you know, like drink, you know, relax, kind of be in their own element as like natural hair women. And then you have a wedding, like an enormous wedding. It's like an Atlanta, you know, society thing almost given like Mike's, you know, political connections. Right. So it's just not the place to uh, to black out. But I feel bad for her because she's so tiny. She can't help it. It's so true. I mean, if she had just had a little bit of food and maybe just didn't go so hard at the cocktail hour. But I think while everyone else was kind of like dealing with the Nini drama and all of that, Shamari was just kind of like, I'm going to throw a few back because why not? Right. <laughs> You're Eva's mom. You're gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. She gave birth. She gave birth to Eva out of her vagina. <laughs> Oh, I did want to ask you one thing, too, because we got a moment with some of the guys all standing around looking good in their tuxedos and all of that. So I wanted to play a game of kill, fuck, marry Todd, Dennis and Mike Hill. I would marry Todd because he makes really cute babies. I'd kill Mike because I just don't know him very well. So I guess I'd fuck Dennis. Wow. You're okay. welcome, interesting, Dennis. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think I would be too far away from that I think I would but you know what I'd have to see how it plays out I might marry Dennis oh okay kill Mike sorry we don't know him well enough Fuck Todd and marry Dennis another thing I wanted to address because we haven't seen it yet on the show but we're seeing a lot of it play out on social media right now and it's this falling out between Cynthia and Nini and I think so far this season, we've seen Cynthia kind of be the one who, alongside Marlo as well, goes right to Nini's side and is the first to sort of comfort her and the first to be like, I know what you're going through. Like, she, she's been a very supportive friend, I think, so far this season with everything Nini's going through. But Nini over the weekend was going, putting Cynthia on blast on Instagram Live, talking about some shady things that we're going to see later on this season. What? So I'm a little worried about this playing out because when you really step back and look at it like Cynthia is kind of one of Nini's only really close friends on the show right you know I mean Candy's not really that close with her Portia is and isn't you know like they have a very interesting relationship but like Marlo right now and Cynthia are kind of her best friends so I don't know what's going to happen this season and what happens in the finale but it's going to make for a very dramatic reunion I think oh, oh. So the Real Housewives of New York City, we are back at the Clambake. Barbara's Clambake. Barbara's Clambake, full of gays and housewives. Yes. I had such secondhand embarrassment watching Sonia and Ramona in Tinsley take home 
tons of lops. Like, you can't not stay at a dinner party, but then take your meal to go. Is that for Dorinda? It's for all of us, four lobsters. Oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay, so I'll get the second plate now. What, no, look at this. That's the fish, now. and oh I'll get God, the steak. The I'll get the steak. Are we doing steak? You guys, do, do you eat meat? Do, I do. Okay. We're taking our to-goes. Is that rude? Oh, so rude now. I feel rude yeah, to her too. Well. I think that was going to be my first question to you. Like, what are your principles in terms of, like, taking food from a party like that? No, it's at the end of the party when the host is like, wow, I have way too much. Do you mind? Like, please take it home. It's not like, hey, I'm I'm going to dip even though it's been 30 minutes. Could I have a couple hundred dollars worth of food? Right. That's weird. I mean, watching Ramona take a full plate of lobster and just put it in a to-go bag. I was like, really? Like, and technically Ramona wasn't even invited. Like, I think she was sort of encouraged to not attend. Exactly. And for her to then show up, then to just take, like, pounds of food away is just sort of like, Ramona, what are you doing? Ugh. I had a lot of moments in this episode of being like, Ramona, what are you doing? She was something else. She I mean, was. in her interview, she made some kind of inappropriate comments about Barbara and her masculinity. You know, she's like, well, she's not the most feminine woman in the world. And it's sort of like, okay, what are you trying to get at there? You know, like, what are you hinting at? And what about that is so offensive to you? I think with Ramona, there is no, there is no pause. It's like thought says it, you know? Right. Isn't that something like what Leanne Locken talks about on Dallas where it's like the amygdala or something? Like there's a part of the brain that doesn't stop you from acting out or lashing out or saying something. So maybe that's a little bit of what's going on here. Oh my God, that would make sense because Ramona had childhood trauma. There you go. (gasps) Wow. Wow, we solved that. (laughs) But yeah, the comment she made about Dennis this episode. Oh my God. Saying how smart could the guy be? He was on drugs. How smart can Dennis be? I mean, he was on drugs. Very smart guy. Here we go. He no. didn't drink. Let's he didn't do drugs. No. He took painkillers. Okay. We're not. Okay. Yeah. 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 That on that budget. Stop. 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 No, no one's talking about, about that. That's no. so bad. We're not talking about talking that. About. Then you can kind of see the way Tinsley reacts. She kind of like even address like looks up at the producers like the ca- and, like the crew and she's like oh we're not going there we can't talk about that and Sonia's just like Jesus Christ like what is happening here? But I don't understand this situation too about the lies or at least the rumors she's making up about Luann in terms of that guy's party where she had like thrown her head in somebody's lap or something and like Barbara's basically like no I was with her like swear to God like that did not happen and then Ramona was still very adamant about her getting kicked out of like some other party like trying to really drill home that like Luann had relapsed in between rehab so it's sort of like well We all know that already, Ramona, like especially at this point now that Luann's back out of her second rehab. So why are you trying to rehash that and why are you trying to continue to bring someone like Luann down when she's kind of working on her recovery right now? Yeah, there's a major lack of compassion. And I think that's sort of the trend we're seeing this episode with her. What did you think of Bethany's impression of Ramona? I mean, always spot on. (laughs) Thank you so much for your kindness and your for graciousness. For your kindness and your greatness. <laughs> as I You're lie like... straight, as I lie straight to your face. <laughs> yes. Can I have a lobster? <laughs> she stays for half an hour me? and then she tries to take a lobster with her. Oh I've never seen anything like it. It's kind of easy to do a Ramona impression, though. Like it's you true. just have to be really brusque. Yeah, you just kind of gotta like look a little cuckoo. I also wanted to talk to you about um, Sonia's paper mag party. Because 
we kind of talked about it when the pictures came out and the whole issue was released and everything, but we didn't really get a chance to get into it. And I wanted to point out the way Dorinda reacted to it was kind of how I reacted to Sonia's paper mag feature. I was sort of like, I didn't see it coming. How did this happen? But it's also like, what? Like, do you mean why? Yeah. Because I think Sonia is an icon in paper <laughs> mag celebrates icons i mean it is very true and you know even bethany is like it's a real magazine like it's not like what was it latino (laughs) good for her (laughs) good for her i mean the party looked really fun too i mean what did you think about bethany telling dorinda at the party about dennis's proposal and how it was sort of an engagement on ice i really loved that moment between the two of them he proposed on april 25th and i said I didn't know that. No. Yeah, we were. You didn't tell me that. I didn't tell anybody that. I think, you know, you can see kind of Bethany dealing with this grief, and I feel like the more she talks about it, the easier it is for her to move forward. And we see that a lot when she goes and visits the Carolinas and, like, puts all of her, you know, energy into the charity work or whatever. But, like, the way she's, you know, talked to Dorinda about it and, like, what really broke my heart in that situation is when... Dorinda asked her something and Bethany was like, well, he got a ring for Bryn too. Like I was just like, oh my, and that I think broke Dorinda too. Like that's when Dorinda got pretty upset about it too. But it's just sort of like, I'm happy to see Bethany being vocal about it and talking about it, even in a situation like that where you're at a party or whatever. Like that's how you, that's how you cope and move on. Yeah. I was interested to know that, um, cause you know, I'm obsessed with billions on Showtime mm-hmm. and that they dedicated the first episode to Dennis because the co-creator is really good friends with him. Oh, wow. Oh, right. Cause that show just started again mm-hmm. recently. Oh my God. See, I mean, it's, you really never know how many lives right. a person touches, you know? So, so that's crazy to think that. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing how the interaction between Luann and Dorinda plays out. I mean, we won't see it until next week's episode because they meet right at the end, but I'm sort of like, that's either going to go really well or it's going to be really uncomfortable. I feel like I can predict it's going to be Luann saying, I want to talk about this, and Dorinda saying, that was so many months ago, let's just move on. And Luann being like, yeah, but like I'm hurt, and Dorinda saying, let's just forget it and move on. Interesting. I think it's going to play out more like, when Ramona approached Luann at the clam bake and and like Luann was like, you know what, let's get into this. And Ramona was like, I'm not doing that here. I'm not doing that here. I think Luann's going to do that to Dorinda and be like, we're not doing that here. We're not doing that here. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Okay, let's talk Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay, this is the thing that struck me most about this episode. Camille talking shit about Dorit to Lisa Renna. That's the first time on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that anything about lawsuits with PK and Dorit has come up on the show. I think Rinna points out too, like Camille has been pretty chummy with Dorit lately. And then all of a sudden now she's kind of flipping back to to talk a little bit. But I really think that, you know, what Camille is saying about Dorit is a little bit of how viewers generally feel about her and that it's she's kind of not very trustworthy and not really coming across as an authentic person there's a little bit of phoniness and i don't know where she's at like i don't know if she has all the money she has or is it a show fake accent all of it she makes the back of the little hairs in your neck just stand up just going what is real do you think because like she hasn't really talked about those things on the show i think so i mean it seems like she is trying to keep a very specific and certain image of her lifestyle 
there. And, and if it's like you're not telling all parts of your story, I think viewers and fans are going they're going to reject that because they want the good, the bad, the ugly. Like you don't have to just be glamorous and all of these things and fancy and, you know, with your bikini line and all of these things, like you can be a little bit more real. And we saw a little bit of that previously with Dorit talking about, you know, like her kids and like them, you know, their development. Jagger was having trouble speaking a couple seasons ago. So we've seen her get a little bit real, but I think we could see more of that and it's just not coming through. Mm. I just think it's interesting what the other ladies choose to talk about on camera and what they don't. And Lisa Vanderpump sort of hinted it as much in her last blog on bravotv.com. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's interesting, you know? Like, they're all silently protecting her, it seems. Right. That is true. That is true. I mean, the whole kind of situation at Camille's birthday too everything kind of just feels so uncomfortable with like it's kind of the first time we've seen all the ladies together since the Bahamas and you can just feel this very strange tension and with all of these new developments with Puppygate and stuff like I'm having a lot of trouble figuring out where I stand in the whole situation because I don't it does at this point seem like Lisa is hiding something Teddy's perhaps a little bit more guilty than she's still even really owned up to. And like Dorit is just kind of like in the middle of it, but not even really. I mean, she had no part in it. Yeah. Just that it's happening to her. Right. And I feel like, you know, she and Teddy are trying to work on recovering their relationship and whatnot. And it's kind of happening. But I, I don't know. Where do you think where do you think Lisa stands in this? Do you think she's hiding something? I yeah, as I've said, I just feel like there's been too much of a pattern of people accusing her of working behind the scenes and without getting her hands dirty in drama to for it to not be a little bit true. Right, right. I mean, we have seen a lot. You brought the receipts a few episodes ago. There's been some flashbacks in these episodes that have kind of highlighted some of the things she's done in the past, too, even involving Camille. So I don't know. It's looking a little a little dicey for Lisa at this point. But one thing I will say that's positive about Lisa is I do really love the friendship we are seeing develop between her and Denise. Oh my God. Because I also want to talk about Denise. In yeah, this let's episode. do it. Let's go there. So I loved in the beginning when Denise comes over and, you know, shows her daughter Eloise, like all of Lisa's pets and they're kind of playing in the backyard and the horses are going crazy. And Lisa's like running around trying to rally them. Like I loved that moment. And I think it was really special to, to let Eloise like, experience that and and you know Denise's other daughter uh and then I know you want to talk about this when they go out to dinner with Kyle and Denise shows up in rare form I know like uh Kyle thinks that she's maybe had a few drinks before coming I just need the sound clip of like Denise saying Aaron has a big penis because I just want that as like a ringtone <laughs> since that's my husband's name. That's and I true. just feel like he'd appreciate that. Right. I really think he would. Um, but yeah, like, okay, at first it was funny, you know, because Lisa Vanderpump, you know, that's what she wants. She wants to get a rise out of you. So yeah. Denise is playing right back like, well, I had a huge dick. But then she keeps going and Aaron is sitting there like, stop. Okay. Right. And that, like the joke just went on too long. Well, no ring. Very big penis. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Okay, well, well. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like she showed up in rare form. If he did too, he was much better at hiding it and kind of letting Denise be the sort of like, oh, well, that's just Denise being crazy. Like, I'm okay, you know? Like, I don't know what they were up to before, but something was going on 
prior to arriving at that dinner. Yeah. The other thing I thought was really cute, and it's kind of, again, foreshadowing a little bit of, like, what's going to unfold. We keep having these moments between Kyle and Lisa that are really fun and cute and, like, playful. Like, when they're leaving the dinner and they're just laughing so much at Denise Richards' behavior. And, like, it's one of those real, genuine, authentic laughs. And we see it again, too, when they leave Camille's party. And Kyle is, like, wasted, you know? Like, she's doing splits. She's just, like, acting crazy. She's in the back of the car acting crazy. And Lisa's with her and kind of takes a little dig, I think, at Teddy. But they're both just, like, laughing about it. Why do I have to be cute all the time? But you weren't, darling. Your vagina was on the floor. My vagina's (laughs) cute. (laughs) You did it on the floor without any underwear. This is who I am. (laughs) Seeing... The way that they just have such a good time together and to know that that's going to end soon, like it's making it so much harder, I feel like, to to anticipate, you know? 1,000%. Oh, how much more do we have to go through? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> the season for Real Housewives of Potomac trailer is out and we're going to take a look. This season on the Real Housewives of Potomac. On your mark. is back in New Orleans. Love in, bad energy out. This is your baby. Look at her little Look at the baby Christopher. Everybody has to be nice to the pregnant woman. Monique, this is ridiculous. I miss my parents. Karen's on Instagram Live right now. She's grieving. Mm-hmm. Stay in your fucking place. Do you get that? Now that was a wig shifting moment. <laughs> I remember hearing, yeah, I was stuck his dick. Boundaries. I'll drag you, pregnant and all. Oh, you gonna drag me now? Chris! My water just broke. This is way too soon. Oh my God. I'm not gonna paint me as the villain. I do. But she's living in my house. My wedding is my wedding. It's mine. We need to pay for the house or move out. Where am I here? You what? We've been like bunny rabbits. Okay. <laughs> it's been how many years? At this point, it's like, what do we want? You're looking stupid. You an insensitive ass bitch. Oh god. I terminate all of my relationships. Is that bad? To old friends. Yes. Katie Rost has more personalities than Karen has wigs. <laughs> I, I, get him out. No. I'm just silently judging everybody. Karen is so phony. They're always running this mouth. Same Ashley Newley. You are broken. Their marriage is completely open. Who knows what their situation is? Baby making is full speed ahead. Yes. She's drinking like she is thirsty. There's just so many questions. What do I have to hide? You're unhappy because Michael really don't love you. Her life is a mess. He was Yes. Yes. Are you okay with what Michael did? Michael likes big butts. I cannot lie. I'm saying that it did not happen. You lying. We know that. You're putting out bullshit. You can get out. I'm in your mama's house right now. might want to help your husband. Karma is a bitch, honey. That was intense. Oh my god. I mean, I think we were wondering if they were going to address the Michael Darby allegations, like if that was going to make the it's, season and it's there. Uh, yeah, I 
I was surprised because, right, we sometimes follow things that are happening in real time on the news, but they don't always get covered in the season. But they really seem to be going into it this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm glad because I feel like there is a lot to go through there. So I think it's important they include that in, in their story. I mean, we have Candace Dillard waving around a butter knife at Ashley. Yeah. That's a first. I mean, unless you count Dorinda stabbing her own hand. Uh, right, right. In Real Housewives of New York. Yeah, I guess we've never really seen an actual weapon be presented in a situation. But right. she was more so attacking the table it's than true. Ashley Darby. So I think that's okay. Uh, I know that when uh, Karen Huger was last here before they were filming the season, she mentioned there was some drama on a trip. So we saw a little tease of like a vacation that they all kind of go on together. So I think whatever happens there involves Karen in some way. Mm. I don't know what it is, but I know she mentioned that. And she was like, oh, don't tell anyone I said that. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell. <laughs> well, and I mean, you can see in the super tease, like Karen is going through it with some of the ladies. Yeah. Oh, we get a New Orleans trip. I wonder if there's a crossover with Southern Charm New Orleans. Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, it would only be fitting, right? Oh, Monique pregnant, but but also threatening Candace while visibly pregnant. Absolutely. Listen, you got to fight for <laughs> yourself and your child if you have to. I mean, I don't know. But it seems like there's also some complications. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. Which is really scary. And so for that to be on camera, too, that's like... Really, really personal, so that'll be interesting to see. I'm really excited to see Katie back. She was in season one of Potomac, and I always was a little bit fascinated by her, and mm -hmm. it seems like she's bringing it this yeah, season. So. Absolutely. Do you think that Giselle's tagline this season will also include word on the street? Oh, I think... I'm trying to remember because I did briefly hear them. We've had three variations of it already. Yeah, Will we have no, a fourth? No, I don't think there is another one. <laughs> I sure hope not. <laughs> oh, and Robin back together with Juan. I mean, it's a back and forth, you know. Sometimes you got to take some time apart and uh, then you reevaluate. And I guess we're going to see that. I mean, yeah, they. Uh, she's openly saying they're sleeping together, and right. they haven't since the show premiered. Like rabbits, is that the um, like phrase? Bunny that she, like bunny mm -hmm. rabbits. Okay, well, bunnies procreate a that's lot. That's a detail we didn't need, but you know, all the power to them. And you guys can catch the new season of Real Housewives of Potomac May fifth at nine eight central. You know, we hear a lot about self care these days, and whether that means for you getting a massage or binging your favorite reality TV show. Nothing is as invaluable as talking to a trained professional. For those of you who might feel like you don't have someone to talk to, if there's something that's interfering with your happiness, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can get help on your own time, at your own pace, schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus you can chat and text with your therapist. These licensed professionals are specialized in things like depression, anxiety, trauma, LGBT matters, and anything you share with them is confidential. There are over 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states, and there's four different ways you can communicate, text, chat, phone, or video. BetterHelp is available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Plus, financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure, it's convenient, it's professional, it's affordable. Best of all, it is truly an affordable option. Bravo TV's The Daily Dish listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code DISH. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com dish. 
Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash dish. Yeah. Well, next we have an interview with Dorinda Medley from Real Housewives of New York City. So the queen of costumes talked to us about her mermaid photo shoot and the upcoming 80s workout we're going to see. She wasn't invited to Barbara's clam bake because of Luann, but she did explain her side of the story and why she didn't initially reach out to Luann to begin with. Yeah. Guys, we are here with Dorinda Medley from Real Housewives of New York City. Hi, That's Dorinda. Right. I'm great. How you, oh, you didn't ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> well, I'm great. <laughs> I'm here. I'm excited about the premiere. It's all happening. We're back. We're back. I'm so excited. Can you believe it? It seems, I said to someone the other day, it just seems like it came so soon. They're like, well, they did because we didn't take a break in filming. Isn't that wild? It's true. I mean, you guys jumped right into it just a few months after the Which reunion I think was shot. Great, great. Absolutely. I was very worried in the beginning because I was like, when someone said to me, one of the producers, so tell us what you've been up to. I'm like, I've been up to doing the Housewives <laughs> reunion was just last week. Right. But it was great because you got to see uh, us doing fall in New York City, doing Halloween at Bluestone Manor. Um, it was great. We were outside instead of in, the, in these restaurants every night at night. I think it changed it up completely, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, starting off the season in the Hamptons, which was great to see everybody yeah, there, yeah. and then going into the Berkshires later on. So I wanted to ask you, similar to Sonia leaving her townhouse, we see you going through a move this season as well. So can you talk a little bit about how that felt for you? By the time, well, first of all, the move, I was talking about it, talking about it, and then my friend Mike Tomasello called me up and said, there's a great um, apartment available at the Oriana. Do you want to go look at it? So I went and looked at it. I think that was like October 15th. And I truly was like, this is it. And I'm like that. I literally was like, this is it. And I moved in November 1st. Wow. So what was it about the apartment that drew you in? You know, I loved that it's on the river. There's something incredible about looking out on that river and all the little tugboats going up. I love that it's in Sutton Place in Midtown because all my friends sort of live in Midtown. I can walk everywhere. And truly, Sutton Place, you feel like you're living in London. It's very pedestrian. There's a lot of little old cheese shops and flower shops, people that have been there. I love going to the Sutton Inn at night. It's all these great Suttonese people that sit there and just they look like they've been going for 100 years. Um, it has that really great neighborhood feeling. It sounds charming, yeah. And it's bright. You wake up, and it's so bright on the river every morning. That's huge. So do you feel lighter? Like Sonia talked about how she feels so much lighter being 100%. out of the townhouse. 100%. you got to remember, I owned that last apartment. I bought it in 2001. So it had 70. I mean, obviously, I lived with Richard in the townhouse for about six years in between. But I never, first of all, when I moved out of that apartment and went and lived with Richard when we got married, I never moved anything. I just kept it. And my parents used to come and my friends used to come. So there was 17 years of life in that apartment. And I pretty much threw away, I'd say, 75% of it. Wow. Wow. Tidying yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it feels so good. It feels so good. And you know, what's amazing, I had to hire Dunn and Dunn to do it for me because it was quite emotional. But I don't miss a thing. Yeah. That's great to hear. Well, we also see at the beginning of this season on your Instagram, too, and in the first episode that you're on this sort of fitness journey. Yes. So how has that process been going? I love it. I feel great. Um, you know, I, I emotionally, I think working out is so 
as incredible as people. I used to be an aerobics teacher, mm -hmm. and I used to be a little bit of a trainer off and on for extra money. And then I kind of fell out of it a little bit. Um, I was a huge athlete, and you would hear all these things. Oh, you feel so good when you work out. and But it's true. It is true. You really, it becomes like a drug in itself. You want to eat better. You wake up bright-eyed. You, you sleep better. You sleep better. It, I find if I'm feeling a little bit depressed, like we all sometimes get that blues, if you go work out, you feel better. So, and not only that, I didn't, from a superficial point of view, I didn't like how my body was looking. You know, I'm 54 and it was changing. Yeah. So I thought I have to sort of change it up. Um, and I did, and I love it, and I still love it. Well, and you look fantastic now in the I'm mermaid doing, suit, too, yeah, that you guys you squeeze on. Now yeah. I've started this sort of plant-based Sakara meal plan. I mean, I'm really going to try to go for it. So um, I think it's influenced your style, too, because we see you wearing a lot of Adidas this season. I know. I like it. You know what someone said to me? Are you a sponsor for Adidas? I'm like, <laughs> no, but they should be. Adidas, yeah, send me some free stuff. <laughs> I have a client. I just love that look. Mm-hmm. It's my, I, I prefer that brand, too, over any other mm -hmm. fitness brand. Uh, you I also just bought a pair of track pants from them yesterday that has, like, a pale pink stripe down the side. They're Ooh. just so good looking. Is it millennial pink? That's the color right now. Oh, is it? That's the hot color, well, yeah. Well, it reminds you of that Ralph Lauren pink pony pink. Okay. That was them. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's the 80s coming out. <laughs> well, we see some 80s fitness later this season, too. Yes! Speaking of <laughs> and it is incredible. <laughs> it is. You know what? I, I decided to do that aerobics class because I wanted to – since I've been going back to the gym, I don't remember the gym being so serious. Mm. I mean, people are not having fun in the gym. Like, when I went to the gym, like the Vertical Club and all the places Ramona would go to, people would, you know, socialize, make dates, figure out what classes you were doing together, hang out. No, people take it very seriously. I went to one of these boot kind of camp things one Saturday and. Equinox, people were angry. <laughs> I mean, I was afraid. Right. <laughs> I felt like crying. It can be intimidating. So I, yeah. wanted, I said, I wanted to do a class. I wanted to go back to old-fashioned exercise where you have fun. Mm -hmm. You don't know you're exercising. When you know all the words to the songs, you're like, I can get through it. It's holiday. <laughs> you know, I can get through holiday. Right, you know? absolutely. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Um, you also mentioned in the first episode, which I thought was really funny to Tinsley, how you sort of fake out John when you order food and pretend like it you've works made every it. time. Has he figured it out yet? Well, he has now because he saw the first season. <laughs> but girls, it works. Do not. I'm actually a fantastic cook. I don't know if you know that about me. Yeah. But there's some nights where I'm like, I, I'm just not up for the dirty dishes. You just need some really great, the kind of dishes that go into the oven. Pour it in, get ri- but don't make the mistake of not getting rid of the evidence. You got to bring it right down to the chute. <laughs> okay, so there is zero evidence. Not a receipt, even erase your last cord. number on your phone. <laughs> they say, see, it's from some restaurant like Nello's. Right, right, smart. Uh, we see at the beginning of this season, you and Luann are not in the best place. So no. can you talk a little bit about how you felt at the time going into the season? Well, I was both hurt and confused because I was under the impression that we were sort of on a good path. You know, she we had, we had stopped filming last year and I had gotten, you know, a series of all kinds of texts saying I'm going to be up in Krupala, you know, happy Mother's Day, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I just thought we were putting it behind us. And she was doing great, and I was doing great. And then all of a sudden, she went back to rehab, and she came out, you know, doing endless amounts of interviews, I guess because she missed the reunion, and uh, kind of just bashing me. And I'm like, wait a second, where's this coming from? We're going backwards? I thought we were going to go forward. And I think, you know, I felt like she kind of used um, Barbara as sort of a sounding board in a way to not have to deal with me. Yeah. Because I wanted to just go to her and say, what are we doing here? I mean, you've forgiven Bethany for a lot, a lot more. Bethany's done a lot more and they, you know, she's moved on. And I clearly thought we had moved on. So it kind of blindsided it, you know, blindsided me. Yeah. What stopped you from reaching out to her when you saw some of the press coming out? Because I could tell when she was doing the press. Listen, it's a very, when people come out, I, I knew that this was her second time in rehab, okay? I, I didn't, we had all heard things about how it was going before she went to rehab, okay? I don't live in the Hamptons, so I'm not one to confirm or deny and I just felt like I didn't want to add any fuel to any fire. So I didn't, and I didn't want to be used as an excuse for her to say, and she's calling me and bashing me and I'm in, you know, I'm trying to stay sober. I just was like, you know what? This is just part of her journey. I don't know why. I'm just going to lay low and try to figure out how to mend this. Mm-hmm. And well, that makes sense. I mean, we see that a little bit early this season, too, in terms of like the clam bake that Barbara's throwing and whether, you know, you're you should be invited or not. So we see, you know, and a I lot think of- a little bit of that. I was being used as an excuse. I mean, come on. I hadn't seen her at all since like March. And it's not like what was she? There were like 60, 70 people at the clam bake. I mean, you can't, come on. Right. Right, so we see, I mean, you've known Barbara for a while. She just wanted to avoid me. I don't think she wanted to deal with it. I think it was easier to use uh, Barbara as a human shield. And remember, as long as I never got to deal with her, there was only one side of the story to Barbara. Right, right. And I think you're going to see as the season plays out, Barbara's sort of like, really? Uh Uh-huh. 
wait a second, that's not how I heard it. So it's very interesting. It was definitely a way to keep the story one-sided. Yeah, so you've known Barbara for and quite a while. And I've known Barbara for a while. That's what threw me, too, is Barbara and I independently have been friends for a long time. And we always really got along super well, had, uh, you know, so I was like, where is this coming from? You know who I am. Right. Where, what's wrong with all you? When did I become, you know, the vampire, the vampire's daughter and, you know, swooping in to suck your blood? It's yeah. me, Dorinda, the person that, you know, has been a huge support system to you, who's loved you, who supported you. I know we all hate to say it, but I did get all her dresses for her, her cabaret. <laughs> I know people laugh at it, but that was a big deal. She right. was panicked about it. Yeah. I'm like, don't worry. I got it. I'll get it arranged. I'll, I'll go curate them. I think you guys have seen in the past season, you can call me a lot of things, but I'm not an evil person. Right. You know, I definitely tend to be a giver and not a taker. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about the naked chef in the Berkshires because oh gosh, I'm sure you do. We got a peek of it on Bethany's Instagram story as it was happening in real time. And everyone was like talking about that. So can you tell us a little bit about what unfolded that night? Well, the naked chef is I, I, I'm a good friend of Art Smith. You know, and he, he uh, reps or works with the uh, Naked Chef. And we just, I wanted, since we were doing a whole different thing and it was going to be Halloween and it was going to be spooky, I thought, what could be more sort of freaky and spooky than a Naked Chef? <laughs> Not much. A naked, hairy chef. <laughs> and boy, was he hairy. When he would bend over and he would see that arse. <laughs> <laughs> that big fairy house there, I thought, oh, thank God we're drinking tonight. <laughs> well, there was quite a bit of drinking, I think. I mean, just what we saw in Bethany's story. I mean, Sonia was like we laid out on the table. had a ball. <laughs> you know, and the thing about it is it was so great because we, it was one of the last weekends that was actually super warm. So that weekend, it was in the 80s. So here we are in October. Halloween de de you know, decorations up, jack-o'-lanterns. The pool is open. The windows are, uh, screen doors are open. We're running in and out. And it created this sort of fun, like childlike atmosphere. And that's when the girls are at their best. I mean, we go through a lot of stuff. But we really do double down and have a great time. Yeah. We're, I always say we're like football players. We go out there, we hit each other, we tackle each other, but then we shake each other's hand and hug each other afterwards and be like, great job. That's a you good know, comparison, you know, yeah. Good game. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see that night play out because it really oh, was so epic love it. via her story. So I'm excited to see that. Well, thank you so much, Dorinda. That's I'm it? Yeah, that's it. We we got to, got to send you, you off. You can ask me more. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks, Dorinda. Great seeing you. We also sat down with Lindsay and Danielle from Summer House, who revealed the social media friendship status of the cast, and they gave their first reactions to Jordan when he joined the cast based on his Instagram. We also asked Lindsay exactly where she and Everett stand today, so that was a really interesting answer. Here's that interview. Guys, we are here with Lindsay and Danielle from Summer House. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey. Thanks for having us. Of course. How's it going? Good. Busy. Can't complain. <laughs> Danielle's like, I just got off of a work call. Yeah. But I'm good. I know. The Where's hustle the is real. <laughs> <laughs> got to get that money. You do. You got to get that money. So I wanted to talk to you guys first. Have you guys ever sent a 17-page email? No, but I have sent maybe a seven-page. You are a bigger emailer yeah. than I am. If it can't be achieved in a quick text, like, I, no, I, I'm not here for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> be honest, did you guys read the whole thing? Where it said my name, and there was like a paragraph, and I was like, moving on. I read the whole thing. I, you know, as soon as I got it, I read through and definitely did the control find, like Carl likes to say, but I did it too. I think my name was in there like 700 times. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that was an interesting read. Do you think Kyle should have handled that differently? I do, personally. Absolutely. Like, a 17-page email, I didn't respond. It, it wasn't that, that wasn't great. But, like, just send me a text that you want to meet up for a glass of wine just to talk. Yeah, I actually, I called him the next morning. And I was like, so, nice email, bro. You want to talk? <laughs> you want to talk about it? And we had a quick conversation, but I didn't have time to spend a month writing a response, you know? Did anyone write a response to him? I think I actually wrote back and was like, this doesn't suit me. We can talk over the phone. Yeah, you were much better at like that quick response. I was like noodling on it for a while. Like, why are we here? What's happening? I what actually is my would life? love to see my response. It was that a reply all or was that just like oh, a Oh, it, right? it was a reply all. Oh, it was like everyone will see this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> I don't have another month to spare to write you back. So let's just chat. Where do you guys stand right now with Kyle and Amanda like as a couple? It was a little rocky in the beginning, but where do you guys stand now? I think we're in a good place with them. Um, you know, obviously we spend a summer together living in the same house and you know, I personally don't like holding tension or grudges. I we have a short life to live and you know, I am busy with work and I have, you know, only the mental capacity to dedicate to that. So um, you know, I think that living in a house together, you learn how to work through things and, and talk through them, and you just hope that, you know, you, you can, you know, have a positive outcome. Yeah, I think that they're both great. I feel like we've had fun with them this summer and even after summer. I think both of them now, I feel like individually, I can party with, um, but then them together is an obvious bonus. Is everyone following each other again? <laughs> oh, my yes. gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the social media portion of that email was a little bit silly. I want to contact someone at Instagram to know when the mute feature was available because I swear I couldn't mute. Oh, yeah. Like, that would have been an easier way to kind of, like, Definitely. sift through how I felt post-last summer versus unfollowing. Right. I just don't really, like, focus. Like, if Danielle stopped following me today, I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, That's true. I wouldn't really that. <laughs> you know, I just like, w and nor would I care. I'd be like, oh, eh, whatever. You know, like I don't. I have like, like I said, like I think about bigger things in life than like social media. I do it more for survival than like, or like fashion tips or an inspiration. I don't know if I would necessarily get upset. You'd be, it was funny. You'd be upset if I unfollowed you. Yeah, I would be like, yo, bitch, why did you stop <laughs> following me? I fat fingered it. I don't know why. <laughs> My fingers are too fat. Yeah, but it was funny to see a 35-year-old man get upset about it. Well, speaking of social media, did you guys have any first impressions of Jordan based on his Instagram before oh. going in? Lindsay, you, you go first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, look, you, you don't know these people, these new people that you're going to be sharing a house with for the entire summer. So really all we have as a resource is social media to, you know, stalk them and find out who I'm going to live with for the next three months so you know when I went on Jordan's Instagram I was like damn he looks like a douche like you know nice body but like super into himself and like a little bit too much I'm a sucker for a good selfie I if you look at my Instagram selfie but 
that's my thing. And I just feel like for a guy to kind of put so much effort into one, like the hair placement, you could tell, like, I guess the model thing kind of plays into that. But it was alarming at first. I can definitely see how Jordan's a model, but I do think that your social media feed is a reflection of yourself. And like his at that point in time when I looked at it was like, okay, it's all abs, like shirtless photos, and like, blue like steel. His, his hand <laughs> running through his hair. You know, it was it was very much like him saying, I'm into myself and you should be too. That's what I got. It's from like what it. you do right. in front of a mirror, you're like, Oof, I look good today. But he took a picture of him doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit Zoolander, yes. Yeah. I, I admit. I I've done some stalking myself. <laughs> <laughs> So then, Danielle, what drew you in once you met him in those first couple weekends? You guys have some chemistry, it seems. I think just talking with him, um, his background, like Southern, I was just like getting to know him better. I mean, one of the first questions I asked him was like, are you Metro? Like what's, I went, I straight, you know, I'm not going to dance around the subject. Um, But he was really genuine and forthcoming with his life. And I, you know, I gelled with that. And then what? how did your first impression of him change, Lindsay? Oh, it, it changed pretty quickly because he, you know, seemed like a super nice guy. And also, like Danielle said, genuine. And, you know, whether that is actually the case throughout the <laughs> summer or not, yeah. um, I guess you guys will find out. But he did, he did present himself in person in a much, um, you know, deeper, respectful, like sweetheart you know, way to us at least, um, you know, going into the summer. Well, speaking of first impressions too, we have also Paige and Hannah. What was your first impression of Paige? Posh Spice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Paige is a really pretty girl. And, you know, the first weekend going into it, she was very reserved. I remember actually Carl being like, what's the deal? Like, she doesn't really talk. Um, So it it was hard to, like, kind of, break the ice with Paige I think going into the summer because she was a little bit more reserved Hannah's just like a really funny sarcastic girl and you know does not hold back she has no filter so you know it's fun it's fun when you have you know that side of somebody who can you know break the ice when there's drama or um, you know just say something so off the wall that like the whole room cracks up and if there's tension yeah, you feel like immediately comfortable around her. She's like every girl on your sports team growing up and that you spent like after school with. Like yeah. Just like hanging out with. That's For how sure. I felt when I met Hannah. Yeah. I'm a tomboy at heart too. So I really get along with, with uh, Hannah in that aspect. Like I grew up playing every sport under the moon. I know Danielle Same. played sports too. Um, and even though like I might look, you know, like this like little prissy girl, I deep down would probably love to play a game of soccer with you yeah hell yeah or darts or <laughs> pool yeah so sporty spice and or beer spice pong right? oh, <laughs> came yeah, to that, the house that seems pretty appropriate <laughs> does that make you baby spice i don't know does that make her scary spice <laughs> I mean, after the first I weekend so. i mean yeah it was kind of scary i just, no you are scary in the morning sometimes oh my god no i am too like we, you wake up like hungover and or still drunk and like you crawl in bed and you're just like let me Oof. just I, one point I couldn't see Danielle's face. Her hair was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, listen, she the Puerto Rican Maine has a mind of its own, so it will do what it wants. So Lindsay, I have to ask, where do you and Everett stand today? Um, we, so Everett and I. I mean, I'd say that we're friendly. I don't really see him too much. He has a girlfriend now. Um, I don't think that 
she likes that Everett and I have the same group of friends. Um, but we do have the same group of friends, and it's always been that way. So it's hard not to run into each other every now and then for, you know, Kyle and Amanda's engagement party mm -hmm. or a friend's birthday party that you're both invited to. So um, I have nothing but love for him. I think that he's, you know, a very nice, great, genuine guy with a big heart. He just wasn't the guy for me. I think that's fair. It's yeah. totally fair. Well, thank you guys for coming. I want you to give me one more thing. What's one word that will describe this season of Summer House? You know, I was asked that a couple of days ago from one of my friends, and I it's like one of those things you just don't know which word to pick. Roller coaster? The roller coaster is a good one. I like that <laughs> one. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, this one was really fun. So we've spoken to Amy Phillips in the past. You guys probably know her from her Housewives impersonations, from her radio show. Uh, she is playing a character, Brie Dupree, who is the long-lost seventh uh, housewife from Real Housewives of Dallas. So we interviewed her from prison. Listen to this. So we are calling Brie Dupree from the Real Housewives of Dallas straight from the Dallas Women's Penitentiary. So hang tight, guys. You have a prepaid call. This call is from Bree Dupree, an inmate at a federal prison. I accept. Hello? Bree? Oh my God, hello! Hey, <laughs> hey Bree Dupree. <laughs> how are you? Oh my God, I couldn't be better. I couldn't be better. <laughs> you know, prison looks good on me, I have to say. <laughs> well, we know you look good in orange, so. Thank you. Oh my God, you are so sweet. <laughs> You're so sweet. So since you've been in prison, have any of the other housewives or Bravo celebrities reached out to you? Oh, you know, that is such a good question. Um, let me see. So for example, um, you know, I'm sure Lala Kent probably sent me, you know, her makeup line and uh, I just haven't gotten it yet. You know, because you can't, you know, it has to go through a certain security screening process here and give them Lala makeup, probably won't go through, but I'm sure there's a gift package waiting for me, you know, in security from Lala. So I'm sure she probably did that, but I haven't heard exactly from her, but I just know, I just have a good feeling about that. Um, who else? Oh, you know, Sonia Morgan and I, you know, we've been in talks, her and I have been talks, talking about doing kind of like a yacht, slash below deck kind of spin off, you know, Ooh. something like that. So I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> well, what about Andy Cohen? Has he reached out at all? Oh, Andy Cohen, you know, it's funny. I, I was getting a hold of him in the prison email system and I did reach out. I did. And I did hear back. He said, um, Bree, stop spamming me. And um, he, a couple of emojis that were, I think he was trying to be cute, but they, they, they were a little mean. They were a little rude, you know, but uh, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure he'll be back in touch. He's just busy, you know, of he's course. real busy. He's busy with the new baby. So I'm sure he'll be in touch. Yeah, soon. of course. It's the new baby. You know what I mean? I mean, all the real housewives are his babies. So I'm sure he'll come back to us sooner than later. <laughs> well, so other than Bravo celebrities or Andy, have you received any fan mail? Oh, honey, let me tell you something. <laughs> Prison is an interesting place to make friends. And who would have thought that I'd be getting so many letters and cards from people that I never thought I would. I mean, I've gotten some marriage proposals. And as a matter of fact, I'm, 
I'm considering some of them, honey. Okay, because you know I'm single. You know I'm straight off a hot d divorce. And I, I do I do have to say that just as they say, ladies, when you walk away from that man and you make something of yourself, he'll come crawling back and you guess what? Guess who's been call, trying to call me? I <laughs> can't get through because I'm in prison. But guess who's been trying to call me and write me and get in touch with me? That's right. My ex-husband, uh. Walker. Yep, Walker Hogg. He's been trying to get back up in this. And I'm like, oh, how convenient, you know? <laughs> please. Well, I can see please. that being... I said, please. <laughs> well, I can see that being a new storyline on next season of Real Housewives of Dallas. So if you come back to the show, do you have a new tagline in mind? Well... <laughs> I can't say I haven't thought about it because, you know, there is something that you do have in here, and that is a little bit of time on your hands. <laughs> That's a little joke I like to tell. But, um, I, you know, I think it'll go something like this. People serve time. I just serve. Oh, yes. I like that. Oh, thank you so much. Hold on, Tammy Tats. I'm almost done. Tammy Tats, I'll be done in a minute. Don't pull my hair. Not again, please. Well, it Sorry. sounds like you're making friends already. Oh, my God. I'm making so many friends. You know what I mean? I got Tammy Tats, who actually, as a matter of fact, I did get a prison tattoo. I will tell you that. You heard it here first. Cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are you going to tell was, us what it is? You know what? I think I will. I think I will. I'm going to give this scoop to you. Now, I got myself a prison tat of a little bunny, and that is... After my sister Bunny, I wanted to prove my loyalty and my love for her. Okay, so I got a, a prison tat of a bunny. Now, I do have a staph infection that I am currently treating, but that's going to go away. But you know what What won't go away? It's my love for my sister. Well, speaking it's, of your sister, how are how is your relationship? Oh, you know what? I mean, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. <laughs> you know, sure, she put me in prison. Oh. She sold me out, you know, told, told the world I kidnapped her, you know. I mean, sometimes you steal your sister's brush. Sometimes you put him in prison. You know, tit for tat, but we're going to be bouncing back from it. And um, as a matter of fact, I think she's doing great. I know I'm living my best life. I'm trying to get, I think Anderson Cooper's going to cover my story. I'm going to be featured on Snapped, Investigation Discovery, a, a new show called Crazy Bitches, and Law and & Order is going to do a special episode based on my character. Can you believe? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. God. Who knew you would find so much success? Well, I did. I mean, <laughs> I mean who knew? Me. Who knew? Me. You know? Me. <laughs> now, I heard a rumor that you tried to escape from prison. Is that true? Oh, you heard that rumor? Is mm -hmm. that out there? Okay, well, here's the thing. Now, first of all, rumors are rumors and things that are true are, are true. But this is a situation, I think they misunderstood what was happening. See, I had a hair appointment, an outstanding hair appointment with Francois Jibuzic, and he is Dallas's foremost hairdresser. Do you know how long it took me to get an appointment with Francois Jibuzic? I mean, it took me like three years. I've been having, I've had this appointment for two years. You better believe I wasn't going to miss it. So, of course, I tried to escape, but I was going to come right back. I was. Of I'm course. a woman in my honor. Yeah, I was fine. I just need to get my hair done. So, anyway, they found me underneath the cart, <laughs> underneath the sheet, and sure enough, I was busted. And I, frankly, I think it was, I think it was Crazy Gladys who sold me out. And, you know, I, I can't take it up with her because you mess with her, she'll kill you. No, I mean, she will. 
she will kill you. Well, She's that's how that. it goes behind bars. But anyway, the warden, I think the warden and me are pretty tight, you know, because after that incident, she must have known I was traumatized because she gave me three days of alone time. Do you ever hear of this place called Solitaire? I, I mean, have. you have, it is amazing, honey. You just go in there and you just, you do you, honey. And I got Solitaire for three days after that little incident. And I was like, thank you, warden. <laughs> I need some time, some space to myself. <laughs> Absolutely. You can meditate, come back to your center. Yes, Perfect. your center. Yes. So, <laughs> going on with me. <laughs> so, you may be behind bars, but as you mentioned, Lala Ken earlier, you guys have a hit single together, correct? Um, yes, we do. Thank you for mentioning it. It's available anywhere you can find music. <laughs> and it is called Believe Me. You gotta believe me. And I think, you know what? I think I made Lala Kent a star, frankly, because she shines on this single, honey. And I think she's got me to thank for that. So... <laughs> How did that project come to exist? Oh, uh, well, you know what? I had gotten, I had tried to get in touch with Candy Burris and Erica Jane and, you know, a couple of the top-notch singers of our time, uh, Celine Dion. And as a matter of fact, Celine's so busy, you know, and Erica and Candy, I think they were shooting their own shows. So I just ended up with Lala Kent because she was available, so... Well, in addition to your song with Lala, you also have a fragrance. Can you talk a little bit about that? True innocence. Did you get that? Did she <laughs> get that? I don't know. I don't know if on a podcast um, you can hear whispering, but I'm gonna try. True innocence. That's my parfum, and it is something I brainstorm with one Sonia Morgan. Mm -hmm. Okay, it is available right now anywhere that you can find fragrances. Okay, and please buy it because um, I have a lot of legal fees. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I love it. It took, it didn't take long to put it together. In fact, Sonia Morgan helped me with that. Speaking of podcasts, I love your podcast. And as oh, a matter of fact, you. oh, no, thank you. And I am excited to say uh, I'm trying to launch my own podcast, you know. Um, I was on Straight Up with Stassi, and it inspired something within me to do my own podcast about crime. Since mm. I'm, in, I'm in the middle, I was in the middle of an investigation, and, you know, I was, in fact, caught. But anyway, I think I'm going to call it Investigates with Ooh. Bridget Pring. I love it. Thank you. I was thinking about doing, you know, Straight Up with Bree Dupree, but... Straight up with Stassi podcast, she said, please don't do that. I'm all, I'm going to have my lawyer call you if you do. So I decided to go with Brie Investa Hates. Right. You have enough legal issues to deal with right now. You don't need that. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I also wanted to ask you a little bit about what we didn't get to see on The Real Housewives of Dallas. So there was a lot that happened this past season between Leanne and Deandra, Leanne and Brandy. So... Whose side were you on in some of those cases? You know what, honey? I was flip-flopping like a little fish out of water, and here's why. Because I needed friendships, and I needed I needed bonds with these women, and so I was willing to go where the wind was going to take me. And frankly, when the wind took me there, them ladies didn't even want me, okay? And that's what I was going up against. Now, I know that Real Housewives have a hard time the first season that they're on. You know, they're fighting to try to get in there with these women. But they, and in fact, they, they made it as hard as anyone could. 
And so I was trying to get on Team Leanne. And let me tell you, those hands don't lie. She threatened me many times, okay? <laughs> Uh, not even with her, just her hands. I mean, with with weapons. Okay. Now, as and I'll just tell you a little tip. I'm here in the women's prison of Dallas, and a lot of these women, they know Leanne. Okay, that's all I'll say. I'll leave that right here. Uh -oh. These women in the prison, yeah, they know Leanne Lockin. Okay. So anyway, and then Brandy, yeah, I just don't get her jokes, you know. So when she tell a joke, and I was like, wasn't laughing. She says, "Why didn't you laugh?" I said, "I didn't know someone told a joke," and she said. Oh, she thought that was rude. And I, I honestly did not know she was telling jokes. So <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, there's only one comedian in the room. I think we know who that is. Oh, Bree Dupree. <laughs> <laughs> well, being a first season housewife, do you have any advice for incoming housewives across all of the franchises, really? Oh, you know what? The cream rises to the top, honey. And that's what it did for me. So even if you get kicked off, your first season, or even if you aren't invited back. And I'm not saying both those things happen. I'm just saying, well, they did happen, but you just got to make the best of it, you know? Make your own show, do your own thing, and your own brand will rise like a phoenix from the ashes. That's beautiful imagery. Thank you. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're really looking forward to when you get out of prison. Do you have a date yet? You know what? I'm currently in trial right now, so I can't speak to that, but I am looking for any designers who are willing to give me a suit for court. I'm not sure how many days I'll be in court, but when I am in court, I would like to look good in court, and I want to really show, you know, a representation of myself in court, um, how, you know, professionalism, respect for the judge and jury, and I want to look real chic. Okay, so any designers out there who want to design me something, I'd really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to see you on next season of The Real Housewives of Dallas. So. Oh, me too! Or my own show. <laughs> right, you never know. There's a lot of stories you could tell. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you Bree. Thank you for calling us, and we'll let you go, because I know that the prison fees must be kind of expensive on the phone. You, you know what? That is right. As a matter of fact, I'm getting, you know what, who's... Someone is really looking at me straight in the eyes right now, and then they're giving me a real threatening look, and I've seen that before, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, of course. All right, well, we want to keep you safe, so I'm thanks saying, for calling, okay. Brie. Cobra Christine, let go of me. I'm coming to get off the phone. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm coming. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Brie. Ouch. Ouch. Okay, I'm done. You can have the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's time for Rose and Thorn. Okay, let's do Rose and Thorn. Eric, what was your Rose of the Week? Well, my Rose comes from Project Runway, which premiered last week, and there'll be a new episode tonight, episode two, so you guys tune into that. But it was the pairing of uh, COVID and Mimi, the transgender model. It was such a beautiful moment when, you know, he had been talking the whole episode, at least when they started planning, about this goddess dress that he wanted to create, and he was already so excited about it. And then when he realized he was paired with Mimi, and she kind of talked a little bit about, like, how thrilled she was to be there, how hard she's worked, how she wants to change the industry and the way that transgender models are viewed. Like, it was, you could tell he was so overwhelmed, and it was almost like the dress and the model could not be more, be more perfectly paired. I loved it. I have been working so hard to get here. Yeah. Especially for the transgender people, you need to work hard, harder than other people. So. Oh. I'm so glad I'm here. Oh my god. I'm the first transgender model in the project runway. <laughs> I'm so honored. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Oh my god! Oh my god, you're the real goddess! Oh, what was your rose? So my rose was Eva's wedding dress on Real Housewives of Atlanta because last week I was saying I was a little skeptical because a wedding dress I don't feel like should shed that much glitter as she was saying. So I was a little worried, but it was beautiful. But which one? The first? Ceremony dress. The ceremony dress. Okay, yes. I it was it gorgeous. So much. Yep. I mean, they were all pretty, but I loved that. It was such a train on that. Yes. Oh my God. What was your thorn? My thorn is from Summer House, and it's Lindsay talking about Jordan wearing the bikini and kind of shaming him. So, I mean, Jordan is a bit of an oddball, and, you know, there's something kind of still charming about him. And I kind of appreciated that he was just being playful and, like, putting on the bikini. And it's like after a party, everyone's kind of drunk, and I think he was just looking to, you know, show off his body a little bit more. And I appreciated that Danielle, as opposed to shaming him, was sort of like, well, did he look good? Like, what was he packing down there? Jordan was in a Speedo today? Mm-hmm. Did he look good, or? Mm. <laughs> Honestly, he's Metro, it's fine. I'm sorry, was there a bulge, or was there like... I didn't look, uh, I did, and I didn't see much. So like, I appreciate that, Danielle. Lindsay, no need to shame. Let Jordan be free. <laughs> what was your thorn? My thorn was from Vanderpump Rules and just the whole Lala and Raquel situation where I feel like Lala's just taking out all of her feelings on the wrong person. I think that you, as a woman, do not sit there and empower other women. It is embarrassing. Be quiet. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. No, I don't empower you because I think you're pathetic. No, How you dare you say that I'm using my I dad know. as an excuse? Shut the up. Oh don't no, ever. Do not ever bring up my dad. What is going on? Guess what? I thought you were a dummy before my dad died. I never Raquel of anyone is the least offensive person and I know that Lala thinks she said something bad about her dad but I, I, I think she's just misconstruing it and it's like watching a hunter take down Bambi right oh that's such a good analogy I feel like just given Raquel's big beautiful eyes exactly <laughs> And next week, we'll be back talking about all your favorite shows and with a new set of Bravo Lab interviews. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. Willie Geist here to tell you about my Sunday sit-down podcast. Every week, a new extended, unedited interview with another big star with names like Bill Murray, Jerry Seinfeld, Bradley Cooper, Kevin Hart, Ina Garten, Natalie Portman, Margot Robbie, Melissa McCarthy, Emily Blunt, Mark Wahlberg, Ryan Reynolds, Lenny Kravitz, and yes, J-Lo. I could continue to name drop, but I think you get the idea. You can check out the free Sunday sit-down podcast wherever you get yours. Guys, let's keep the conversation going. We want to talk to you all week long, not just Thursdays. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Bravo TV. Don't forget to use the hashtag Bravo Daily Dish. Or reach out to us personally. I'm everywhere at Meg Segura. And I'm Eric J. Mack, E-R-I-K. And if you're on Facebook, join the Daily Dish Facebook group. You can post about what you're watching, your favorite shows, who's your favorite housewife, ask a question, start some drama. There's a lot of good stuff in there, so check it out.
You can also learn more about the podcast at bravotv.com. TTYL. Bye. Bye. Looking fine and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the wayback machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts